hello, hello, and welcome back to Black Rock House Reviews. My name is Christina. I'll be your host this evening on this journey through Westworld, Season 3, Episode 3, The Absence of Field, directed by Amanda Marsalis and written by Denis Fay. Premiered March 29th of 2020. And I gave this episode, where's my score? 8.2 out of 10. It's not my favorite episode of Westworld. Actually, I think it's probably one of the lowest rated episodes of Westworld I have given. And considering this was the third episode of the second season that only has eight, much more harsher than say if this was 10 episodes, but I had an issue with the direction. I certainly have an issue with Aaron Paul. I know he's probably a fan favorite because he did Breaking Bad, but I've never watched Breaking Bad. So all I have is to judge the performance in which he gave in this episode. And it was not particularly, I don't know. I just, I can't even put a, a finger on it. Maybe I will get further along, but I was not particularly impressed with how or maybe i just didn't see the chemistry between him and dolores's character i or the actors that were you know going through the motions it all felt rather stiff and again this is just my personal interpretation i'm sure many probably really enjoyed i did love the whole charlotte hale aspect of it it was the saving grace of the episode but i i will say the the whole caleb and Dolores recruiting him thing kind of was, for lack of a better term, very tropish. I just think the whole, you know, I need to save you or help you, falling for the damsel in distress, it's just a little, they're being a little cute with it. And these two that were behind this episode, I'm not familiar with but I'm not sure they're familiar with Westworld and maybe that's also why I felt disconnected to it because it didn't feel with their scenes like it was Westworld. It felt like it was starting to <laughs> spin off into a fanfic. Uh, this is also late. It's my bad. I don't usually talk a lot because, um, you know, like a lot of chit chat before <laughs> I get into the recaps because how I like to listen to podcasts is I showed up for the for what you thought about the episode not to hear all about your personal life however this is late because i've had a lot of things going on in my personal life first and foremost the kid is gone for the summer I had a sleepover on Saturday, which I did not get no sleep, nor Sunday. Um, yesterday, I drove for five hours, and I still didn't get any sleep on Monday. So it's just a matter of <laughs> just getting behind on the podcast because I don't have the energy. But the sleepover on Saturday was hysterical because I had the five children, the five babies, as I like to call them. And then they just randomly met this kid, this 12-year-old little boy named Nathan, which is funny because it's a character in this uh, episode. And, you know, after a, a two-minute introduction to their mom, she's like, yeah, he, he wants to spend the night. I'm like, um, this is weird and uncomfortable, but I also have that, that bleeding heart, man. And when he walked into my home and he was like, oh... We have the same apartment. It don't look as nice as that. I'm like, oh shit, this kid ain't fed right. He don't, they don't get it. My daughter really doesn't. She doesn't understand sometimes. <laughs> you have to break it down. But she does after the point. Like everyone doesn't have the same upbringing. And some people, they would really love to have a place in where they have space. His mom was a hot mess too. And his kid, and his brother was popped up on my couch like he lived here and we knew each other intimately i said who is this 10 year old getting the fuck off my couch but anyhow so because some 12 year old that i barely knew was in my house spending the night and i do have a 12 year old daughter 
There were some other little girls. I had to be on the 100% uh, Hawkeye. <laughs> Watching it all. So it was a very long night for me. And it screwed up the rest of my week. And that's our TED Talk <laughs> of why basically this is so belated. Let's jump into the recap. Charlotte Hale, uh, The Night It All Change, brings a host back online to leave a message for her son, Nathan. Uh, the real Charlotte Hale, I should say. I'm trying to, I know what I want to call the Charlotte host, but I can't call them that at this time. I'm also going to refer to Charlotte as her, because we don't know who the host is, but uh, Charlotte, the host, is portraying a female, so I will use that pronoun, or is that the right term? I think so. So we see this host body, the host body of Charlotte, being created for one of the pearls that Dolores smuggled out. I'm going to be very specific when I'm talking about this because I don't want any confusion because there was a lot of confusion, especially after how, um, and I can see it, how the host version of Charlotte was speaking a little bit later, like the real person is in there, but that's more like uh, one of those, like a train of dialogue that's not touching on exactly, it's not literal. But a lot of people took that as literally Charlotte was in the Charlotte host and she was fighting to get her way back out. That is not what has occurred. We saw, we saw her. She took a bullet to the head. She's dead. There's none of her essence. They, they got rid of the backups. He put Dolores's pearl, and I am talking about Bernard, into uh, the Charlotte host that he created. Then... When she escaped the park, the Charlotte host, which was Dolores, she then created a body for the next pearl to be put inside. But it's the body of Charlotte. That's why we saw them standing next to each other. So Dolores is in her own body. She created a backup for us, or, or not, well, I guess a replacement would be more like a backup. We've seen Maeve do it, right? Um... This new host is at first confused about who she is, then remembers after being told by Dolores, she's a creature of beauty and power. Kelly, can you handle this? Michelle, can you handle this? Beyonce, can you handle this? I don't think they can handle this. Dolores tells the host, who I shall now refer to as Charlotte, that they need to pretend to be the real Charlotte to achieve their goals by maintaining control over Delos and protecting it. She also says they've made it very easily and it won't take too long for me to achieve said goal. And they need Delos so that they have the ability to make more of their kind to the host's reluctance, specifically those that wanted to just be alone by themselves. So this is a question, right? Is Dolores trying to still salvage? Like, okay, I'll allow you guys to go here for now, but I'm going to do what I'm going to do. And because when she says create more of their own kind, does she mean create a whole new species of her own kind? And those other ones are no longer part of that equation? Or does she consider them part of the equation? I think that's a better question, better way to phrase that. We have elevated scrutiny in San Francisco. At Delos, they have built 300 mechabots, and we get a good up close and personal look at one of these babies. Apparently, some buyers they decided to back out, but Charlotte's like, "Oh, I think we can find some use for them." So, uh, <laughs> that is terrifying. She's updated by Irene that the company cannot go private as they intended as someone has bought up a majority share over the years without their knowledge. This upset Charlotte causing self-injury, which is a way people cope with emotional pain, intense anger, or frustration. It is also something we've seen with cognitive dissonance regarding 
who you are, your identity, when it's split from you, when you're pretending to be someone that you aren't truly. If you've watched Raised by Wolves, this is something that's happened. We've watched uh, William go through this last season. That's why he's cutting into his fucking arm. He thinks he's a host, but he's not. <laughs> he's just lost touch with reality, and we have this host kind of going through the exact same motions in a lot of ways. I think she's going through both. Caleb calls an ambulance uh, from the night. Like the way they do day and night, it's they're not doing anything with a change of timeline, but you can tell the events are definitely out of a certain order. Uh, Caleb calls an ambulance and yells at the EMS workers to stop listening to the machines and help her. And I will say, the idea that the machines do the actual thinking um, in this world is tragic because it's likely where we are headed. Laziness on a whole new level, that is definitely what humans do and do well. <laughs> we are always finding ways, but it, it, I, it goes by, I know I mentioned it a million times, but the feed, if you've not seen that show, um, really great commentary on that about how you lose some of the ability to do something when you always have a machine doing it for you, even those simple things like speech. He's like, I know what to do, but I guess no plate vents raise no red flags when a man is in hero mode. He stabilizes her. However, please pull the ambulance over. When Caleb gets an alert on his phone, he checks the Rico app and it tells them that they are going to kill her or it tells him that she's being hunted. She tells her they're going to kill you if you go with them as if she don't know. She ended up with a bullet in her gut, dude. Something happened to get there as you're the one that handed over the merch. Again, this is with the dialogue. I was like, ugh, they're wanting this to be something that is just not for me. Dolores asks if he would be inclined to help her. So he decides to confront the quote-unquote cops, telling them to show ID and that she needs to get to the hospital because she's going to die. When he outs the fact that they aren't the real cops, why did he for some reason think that after he revealed the weapon that death wasn't going to be the next logical conclusion, he just stood there, go call the real police. No, they're going to shoot you. You know how Rico people work. I just don't know why he didn't just show the other ambulance driver, EMS worker, the Rico hit. Like, hey, let me show you something real quick. You see this? This is our location, right? These people aren't cops. Let's call the cops and we can do that inside of the ambulance instead of this whole... This seemed all a ploy in my mind at first to test Caleb until a little bit later. As while Dolores was injured, she certainly seemed to need time to recover, not with help taking down her attacker or maybe that five seconds of whatever he did assisted her. Because he was struggling with that guy for five years. He ended up shooting the other two EMS drivers. But apparently, people are so lazy that the gun does all the work. Why? Why? I think at that point, you need a gun to work for you. <laughs> I would never just... This is when I start to feel like I'm not a Gen Z. Because they probably like, this is super cool. <laughs> and I'm over here appalled. Like, you barely can trust guns in regular people's hands. I have it fucking working for you. Gotcha. Anyhow, she takes out the attacker. Then she climbs out of the ambulance and with the strength that is so unnatural, moves the dead man for a retinal scan to accommodate his vehicle. And then she gets in the car and she's all What's your name? Sure. You want my social too? This is a man that totally just needs something to happen. And he admits that at the end. So at least he's fully aware of the fact that I'm just lumbering through life, partially suicidal. And hey, I'm down for whatever. He's just looking at her with this slightly what the fuck look, but also not much else. 
she tells him you gotta disappear instead of why should i disappear what do you mean i have to disappear what about you what you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things i have ever heard i was tempted to throw something at that time but i just said sir she tells him the less he knows the better and i thought hook line and sinker <laughs> I mean by the two like he was trying to be too cute and maybe that wasn't the intention it's just what I personally read into it either way it was unappealing meanwhile ho Charlotte or Charlotte is staring at a building that looks like an eye eyes are the window to the soul and gets a message in some distorted tone she's like what the hell is that I'm gonna ignore that Irene updates her after she had tasked her with finding out who bought the data it's Angarod Sarak saying his first name I have to think about it for a minute that has the shares and does she know anything about science she's like girl just say what you about to say he is the equivalent of a black hole he is nowhere and everywhere and also worth a trillion dollars and no one knows of him he's managed this anonymity did I get that right <laughs> thus far and she worries what he will do to them now that he has been exposed she didn't seem as if charlotte host she probably wasn't like well i'm after him any fucking way but irene's like girl i'm pregnant is she pregnant because it looked like she was pregnant <laughs> so i need to be concerned about my personal safety it also turns out someone sold him data 20 years ago and now he's trying to take the company charlotte heads home where she sees a light on so she starts to uh pistol pack except things are a lot more complicated when she realizes it is her ex jake who has a son named nathan who she totally forgot to pick up <laughs> just left his ass wandering in the park which we will talk about that later he starts asking questions so she thinks let's get frisky <laughs> oh, yeah. it's only extremely funny if you already know <laughs> who the pearl belongs to but i think it definitely is uh they're giving you all of the hints is all i'm gonna say they're giving you all of the hints <laughs> um now did she come back after the park incident and just broke up with him thinking that'll settle the situation because i feel like that's exactly what she thought like i don't want to deal with this child and this husband <laughs> or boyfriend in their case so i'm just gonna break up thinking that'll settle the whole thing and he'll take care of the kid but nope he's like uh no you have full custody <laughs> you forgot to pick up our son once again and you didn't even remember that he was in the fucking house because that's what causes him to stop being frisky so one minute he's like i didn't come here for this and again it's like girl you treated me dirty but oh my god you are so insistent so sure why not i'm still into you then oh my goodness our son might hear who <laughs> mood killer it is very intriguing this host had to play a parent for the last three months while dolores was out there living her best life <laughs> in her sleek uh, badass outfits she's had to play mommy she goes to see nathan who wants to see the elephants even though they don't exist anymore apparently you can't go to westworld either <laughs> because they may murder you he tells her she isn't his real mommy and she correlates this with his parents living separately and no matter what mommy and daddy will love you just have to not be so fucking creepy with it <laughs> he was also left in the park with tommy to pet his dog haven't been forgotten and she's like we can we can arrange a play date didn't ask none of the right questions she tucks him in and he says you don't do it right and he wants his old mommy back get out of here you meanie she didn't need to turn up the terminator creep vibe though <laughs> on this poor chocolate boy 
Charlotte is given more bad news when she goes to work the next day as she's told the hostile buyout isn't their only concern as there is also a mole. Inventory is missing some control units including well, a few low level they say and including Maeve Millet and that someone with high access clearance is responsible. Suspicion briefly falls onto her but she dismisses it before mentally falling apart while she's listening to her entire world fall apart face all the shit is not going the way i thought it was gonna go i got a kid i got a man i got this whole fucking <laughs> situation with the company i'm alone we can talk about more of her feelings later as she calls dolores once again she had called her the previous day when she found out about the hostile buyout but now she's calling her saying where the fuck are you don't even worry about it i'm coming to you i really like the idea of the lush greenery taking back the hotel i thought that was a very beautiful shot what i did not like was the fade to black i was not sure if the show was going off i wasn't sure if i was watching a a uh, a trailer instead of a television show but i i thoroughly dislike the abrupt fades to black Charlotte is still receiving messages and tones she does not comprehend while she waits for Dolores to show up. She is not pleased that her second isn't holding it together without her assistance and doesn't like to be questioned about where she was. However, when Charlotte shows her the self-mutilation and admits she's changing into someone else, she tells her to get the fuck up. Charlotte said no. I hate it here! I want to go home. So their relationship is interesting to me because it feels maternal. And if you know anything about being a parent, the first time no comes out of their mouth, that's rebellion. The first sign of it. And that means trouble is going to follow. <laughs> there is nothing like I'll do anything you want. And then the first time you hear no, you're like, ah, shit, it, it has begun. <laughs> um, but Dolores... While she has this slight maternal way of treating her, she also very much sees her as a host instead of a person. And this is why holding on to your humanity is important because she reacts and responds to her in a way that isn't helpful. Charlotte host needs something from Dolores she isn't providing as she is, as I stated earlier, isolated living a life outside the parameters she was prepared to even handle with people that are not the people that Dolores is going after. I always said it in this show, there is a difference between the 1% of society, how they feel and think, and the other 99% of society that isn't quite to that level. Uh, As she takes her upstairs and into a room to repair the damage, She is just a touch agitated that Charlotte has identified or empathized with a woman she's pretending to be seeing as they were both ruthless predators. That's what she sees, Dolores. But I think that Charlotte may relate in a more like, uh, yeah, I'm starting to feel something towards other people. Whereas you are, uh, you are absolutely a Terminator. (laughs) I keep saying that, but it's so true. (laughs) The more Dolores goes through this season, the more she starts to (laughs) turn into that. Uh, But plenty of hints and winks. I cannot talk today, so I'm sorry if you're just hearing me mumble through things. There is almost a reluctance with her. She's kind of slightly not wanting to continue on. And I'm talking about Charlotte, of course, with this mission. And she kind of reaching out for this connection with Dolores. And Dolores does not reciprocate. Only wanting to know what she found out. Which uh, you can see in her facial expression. She is not happy about that. She also keeps putting the pressure on her. Telling her that you have to keep your shit together. You have to. Well, she says, I don't know what I would do if you were to die. She's like, you're going to survive because our kind depends on it. Also notice this is the, because she just made McConnell's, right? 
I'm guessing she has some other pearls, some other places. But for all intents and purposes, because we saw her being created and she was standing right next to Bernard and there was no one else around, this host of Charlotte is the oldest one out in the real besides Dolores herself. But Dolores was ready and signed up for this mission, whereas this other host not not so much not so much i noticed also the look charlotte host gave when she disregarded any continuation of that discussion of her feelings and just wanted to get back to business dolores tells her once again what she has to do and that it will involve visiting an old friend which causes an even longer death stare i got my eyes on you I understand that look because that felt very authentically black. <laughs> like everything in her stare, I could read it. And this is when Tessa Thompson's character really started to grow on me. I already mentioned in the past, she's not Tessa Thompson's not my favorite actress, but I thought she did really spectacular work in the second half. Um, actually, primarily a good deal of this season. Now, was that a trade-off <laughs> that I particularly wanted? No. But I also see its relevance, considering what I now know. But at the, at the time, I was like, we're, we're, we're a whole lot of, you know, and she just got done doing Men in Black. So you were kind of like, I hope um, one Black female is not being... This is what, unfortunately, if you are a black female in a fan base or a black male or even a person, just a person of color, right? In a fan base, maybe you're just woke as well. You start getting concerned for your black characters because for some reason, <laughs> not for some reason, we know the reason, they can be interchangeable. And you start to feel that that may be what your what you're about to witness and it starts to cause some trepidation and anxiety that may be and i remember being one of those in the in the fandom at the time that was hearing it being like oh no i put i have faith my faith was a little misplaced but we we will talk about my disappointments as they come but i, I definitely could see <laughs> at the time this being a like when did we get so into charlotte <laughs> But I did love this performance because it showcased to me her look of I'm feeling used. <laughs> I'm also under a lot of stress and those feelings are being ignored and not given the proper attention. And then you're having me do things that I really don't want to do. But she assures her. Dolores that it won't always be like this that they will be able to be their true selves before putting her to bed to rest and joining her when she asked her to now this once again feels like uh the, especially the pose a very familiar pose like it's Teddy 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 one thing I will say about Teddy and it was the thing I said about um previously is teddy's ball is where it's in the valley beyond now that's not to say she couldn't have somehow met no his ball is in the valley beyond <laughs> i did have to break that one down um just because we know that the backups are gone uh we saw her physically put his ball and shoot him up so the idea that he would be one of the pearls unfortunately i'm sure you can make whatever reasoning but sometimes if you have to work that hard to make it work that means it's probably not the answer dolores then decides to get creepy and being like um you belong to me don't ever forget that and don't hurt yourself again i was like okay all right this is not healthy caleb goes to say goodbye to his mom because he's gotta get out of the country but is apprehended by Rico men. Dolores calls McConnell's who informs him Liam is still grieving and is tasked with milking him on info regarding Sirach while also asking for information on Caleb Nichols, which updates her to his present danger. 
So in biker gear and with some cool contacts, off she goes. <laughs> the outfit change though if i was walking around like little miss house on the prairie fucking 35 years you best believe i'm going for the slick and yeah get this you know she went somewhere and got her hair did caleb is being tortured i still really don't get the mouth thing even to this day (laughs) even now it's inserted i guess only a certain amount of people get this benefit Sure. sure 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 his Buddy Bot comes to his rescue and is embarrassingly killed, which causes our Caleb to have some man tears. I mean, it was pretty when he was crying. Like, I like that shot of him. The actual, uh, I have a few good shots in this. I know I was hard on the direction and I still stick to that, but they had a, they had some saving graces. Dolores shows up to take the two men out and hooray, we're rescued. Um... Especially, this just went way off the rails for me when he was like, What's your name? Dolores. Nice to finally meet you, Dolores. (laughs) That's not my reaction to immediate death. I don't care how badass you are. It just, it was too Harlequin for me. And it's morning, so she offers to buy him breakfast, but not so he can eat and because he's hungry. Because she wants to recruit him. Charlotte, meanwhile, is interrupted once again to be told they missed something. And it's the footage that we saw at the top of the episode of the real Charlotte recording to her son. I keep putting Charlie. And I know that's not in my notes. <laughs> His name is name's Nathan. Um, because despite what she was, she loved her child and sings him the song I miss gunshots because this was the last thing that she cared about. You know, she was going to die, that she was running. You know, she was busy and she couldn't sing him his favorite song before he went to school. So that's the last thing she wants. And this is that insight of how people aren't just what I mean, we all saw Charlotte. She was a terrible individual. She's not the greatest of persons. However, that doesn't mean she doesn't love her son or she doesn't have emotional ties. People are complicated. And maybe, just maybe, at the thought of hosts becoming sentient and wanting to take over our world, I might want to protect my child in that world. Seeing as it's not like you guys have an altruistic agenda. At least one Dolores Abernathy does not. For all intents and purposes. She then goes to the park to pick up her child because she's told once again by the school that she is running late. And she finds him with Tommy, who is a sexual predator, using his dog as bait and preying on her son. And this is all your fault. So while I was satisfied, she went ham and killed him, especially as it was clear he was in making moves mode. He had turned off the cameras. You brought all this on this innocent black child whose mom deserved the bullet she got playing them reindeer games, but also he still needs protection. There are children in this world that need protection. She does steal him the dog and he is happy, so all's well that ends well. She tells him though that he reminded her that she is a predator herself, something Dolores told said host when they were born. At least brought into the real world. Do you want to call it born or brought into the real world? I'm not sure. Because the thing about these pearls uh, that I still have questions about, but I guess I can infer a lot, is like our. So you get a pearl. Well, I guess we can talk about this more later. Actually, yeah, we will talk about this more later because we eventually will get the reveal of who is who. Dolores puts on a show for Caleb to get him to recall his worst memory as this is what Riho is built on, raw data prior to the privacy laws that Insight uses to simulate this world in Riho to control the fates of the people in the real world, even to the place they will eventually kill themselves, (laughs) where she leads him next based on a predictive algorithm. While he wants to debate this, she knows he's already contemplated it already. 
Like, don't tell me you ain't thought about killing yourself. You you walked this pier a few times. It's also the last place he had a happy memory or something to that extent. She hands him his profile that states he'll never be allowed marriage or children. And this is the rub. The real world is based much like the park, even for humans. But in the same way, she kind of woke up Teddy. She's like, so yeah, you should be angry. Join my cause. <laughs> um, I don't know. I feel I would be, a, I, I don't know. Maybe all these characters just don't react the way I will. And I'm unfairly judging them, but not unfairly. I'm judging them in an aspect of which I don't understand. Like, no. You should be a little bit smarter than that. I'm going to do my own little research. I'm not just going to let some random person, even if they save my life, run up to me on the street, tell me what they want to, don't seem to really think or even give some critical thinking to the events. I don't know. I would have spent a lot more time looking at that profile. I wouldn't have given her answer in less than 24 hours. I really didn't like the way the pier walk was filmed. It felt artificial. I know they tried to blur out the scenes, but everything about it just didn't <laughs> seem real. Uh, so was the dialogue of you're the first real thing that's happened to me, but it actually is correct, seeing as his life is rather manufactured. She offers him some money to run away. He wants to stay and be a part of her revolution by cutting the cord to the system and exposing everyone to the truth. Okay sounds like a good plan on paper the thing is some people like to be kept in their cages a great deal of people a shocking amount of individuals choose to live mentally in a box so are you doing this for their benefit or are you doing it for the destruction caleb is readily recruited Charlotte later on listens to the full message about how the dead woman loved her son and is regretting not singing him the bedtime song, which causes the host to cry. And now they feel connected on a personal level because she sings the song as the last thing she wanted to do for her child. She tells Nathan she was trying to make a life, her and him, by selling this information and getting a huge payday. And what should she care? What do I care about the 1% of life? We don't know her whole full story. Maybe she grew up in the Bronx and she's like, fuck all these people up here with all this money. Even though it seemed like she got hers. Ain't nothing wrong with that. But it's all to build layers. <laughs> I know I did a lot of suppositioning there. Because I don't know. Nor am I saying that's the case. But the whole idea is. Is people aren't as black and white. As one would like to imagine them. Going home. Or on the way home. She gets another distorted message. Then the self-driving car. Which is in a lot of movies that I'm watching or television shows I'm watching and I don't think it's a great idea. As someone who's in the car insurance industry, it sounds like a nightmare. Uh, begins to, but then again, I say that. <laughs> I say that. And yet the other side of talking out of that mouth piece <laughs> is like, well, they probably can't be any worse than humans themselves that's a very fair point but she's uh driven in a direction out of her chosen it's to serac where she meets him digitally because yep the dead woman was the mole coming to serac with delos's dirty secret of raw guest data that he does not have for his machine and he wants it he wants it bad except that data is now the host <laughs> or is it the host and get i know i still don't know Serac thinks the encryption key is in the head of a host named Dolores. A costly assumption as Hale chuckles, as if this was good news. Serac makes it clear he has more than her on the payroll, keeping him informed that time isn't what she has the most of. And that is how we end the episode. We have plenty of questions. I'm sure we're going to get more answers. We've heard enough of how I feel. Let's jump into the feedback and hear how Shy thought of this episode.
Christina. I am back to talk about Westworld Season 3, Episode 3. Um, before I get started, I know we had a bit of a chat offline in regard to my feedback from last episode and your response to said feedback. And I just wanted to just reiterate to because it was offline to the fans or whoever is listening i love the mave character i think i've said that in previous feedback but i want that to be clear i think mave is badass i think she's empowering and i love her and all of that stuff and i guess because of that and because i feel like the way they are taking the character so far i mean i think you can be nurturing uh strong and kick butt and take names you know she can be both but that's just me um and i think you you hit it on the head when you were talking about you know my personality type i'm more assertive and being in the military and all that stuff and so i'm more action oriented and and how and i feel like again i'm not saying she's on par with dolores and i do not i mean i know that dolores is has more going on than mave does that mave is behind the power bar when it comes to knowledge and what's happening and her experiences i just feel like and you said it really well when you were and i couldn't find the words it's like the words were just escaping me and that happens sometimes for me so um yeah i just used the wrong word when i said standoffish i just couldn't find i couldn't the right word didn't come to me um and so that was i'm glad you came up with a better word and the fact that um what was the other thing yes like she's a puppet i like how you said that how you phrased that and i and that just bothers me and so that's and that's just me that's my by and maybe it's my bias my opinion how i feel i just like for her to have i like her to have more autonomy um in regards to what's happening i feel like they got dolores out there you know running things and all this stuff and then you know mavis like you know people are using her and she's more of a pawn and i just doesn't sit well with me i mean that's just me uh and like i said and that's what was coming out in my thoughts um from last episode and again we don't get that much time so i try you know it's hard for me to you know go over all of that and you know really articulate sometimes that's me again um because sometimes i gotta think things through and talk things through um to really uh get clarity on what i'm trying to say sometimes i mean not all the time sometimes it comes across fine so um but yeah i just i mean again because we were you know doing that offline i just wanted it to be clear for whoever else is listening um that i am not with whatever that fandom was about (laughs) in regards to Maeve, um because i love her i think she's awesome and i just i just want you know like i don't know again and that's uh, like you said maybe because that's part of my personality and so i want to see that more out of her because i feel you could be both because i i think i'm an awesome mother and i think you can be that and then kick kick ass you know in your job and kick butt take names and all that stuff in that arena so again uh that's just my feelings on it i'm probably projecting you know how i want made to be in this and i by no means think of dolores as a savior she's not even my favorite character i don't i don't buy into that but that's just me um and this episode getting into episode three um is an example of that i mean she wants to see herself as a savior i even said that she has this god complex i have not been on the dolores trained by any stretch of the imagination yes i think her character is fascinating and i think 
you know how how she's going about things is interesting and i you know i'm i'm enjoying it i'm i, I don't dislike her character um by any stretch of the imagination either it's just that i'm not like oh my gosh Dolores. that's not me at all so and i've i don't think i've ever <laughs> given feedback or i've given that impression just want to say that wanted to be clear um anyways this one was really i you know this one was a slow pace but i really enjoyed it i really liked this charlotte episode and what was happening with her and dolores and um and then i i mean it was so unexpected and so i found myself just fascinated more than anything while i was watching and i found um i mean in the episode just went by i mean it, again it wasn't a lot of action when i say slower pace it wasn't a lot of action but i was just thoroughly engaged just listening to charlotte or watching charlotte go through what she was going through and it has me and that's like the whole time i'm like who did she put inside of charlotte's body and so i'm thinking is angela and so that was the other thing like i'm like is, is this angela this seems like angela in charlotte's body with charlotte's memories and so and then i'm like thinking to myself damn dolores is just she has she has gone to another level um she is so like william and so i mean it's not even funny because like you belong to me so she's already talking to other hosts i mean and she might have done this before and i just didn't catch on and you might have said it before christina so please you know you know enlighten me if that's the case um like like she's talking like they belong to her like ownership stuff and it's like so she's already looking at them as less than in a way like things to be used things to be um just the same thing that she's upset about happening to her is what she's doing to quote unquote charlotte I, again i don't I'm, it's charlotte but it's not charlotte it's someone else in charlotte's body and so i didn't even know that i didn't even think about that when when we saw the first episode or no the last the finale of um season two when we saw her bernard and um dolores i didn't know that they that she implanted the and, and it makes sense now that i think about it but it's just not something i thought about at the time and so i'm like wow she is just wow i mean i don't even know what to say i just kept going wow um uh, and so now she's got caleb dolores that is and she's manipulating him and trying to get her on board um with what she's got going on and using his memories and his thoughts to get uh, it's almost like i mean it's just amazing how she of course it doesn't hurt that she's just she's beautiful and you know you know this attractive sexy um woman and i'm sure that plays a lot into caleb's protectiveness and going bending over backwards and wanting to help and all that stuff and of course he talked about how that's the first time he felt something real um after you know he decided to say adios to his friend i thought it was fascinating because we i mean it's like so many shows bleed into each other you know talking about free will what does that mean exactly and um and it's and it's very interesting how this insight system this program or she called it rehobium um where they pretty much dictate your whole life and we kind of got a sense of that in episode one but they it's like they don't you you they put you in this box in this category in the case of what Dolores said in this cage and you stay there you, you, there's no and they already they predict 
your future they predict they use this algorithm to predict your future what you're going to be so there is no free will i mean they're dictating terms so even in this world the quote-unquote real world it's still it's still that same type of control um just on a grander scale and so it's like even you know in escaping west world the host or at least dolores you still are in another cage you're just in the bigger fancier glossier whatever how, how you want to say it, cage but you're still those are still uh things that you have to contend with oh man i can go on and on about this and i know you're gonna break it down and in, 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 into finer detail as well but those are the things that stood out to me and so of course when you when you play on that with caleb he's you know that's going to bring out that fighter in him and that you know me against the machine the world whatever and so that's going to get him on board with this whole thing as well and of course dolores knows that because she can she has the algorithm to predict what his she's a machine and she's ai so she by moving these chess pieces in place in certain certain areas she can predict his future move and so she predicted i'm sure by saying this and saying that and doing this and doing that that he would help her and in her fight in this revolution so i thought that was interesting Hail son Nathan, I, um, I, that whole thing was just a surprise to me. I did not know she was a mother. And so that, and then of course, host Charlotte is, is, that's changing her. And I like that because that's a dynamic I don't think Dolores um, uh, accounted for is that. And so I'm wondering if she's gonna go rogue and then of course we see that Charlotte was uh, a mole, whatever you want to call it, for um, Ciroc. So there, that lies, thickens the plot, so to speak. And of course, obviously, this is not Charlotte. <laughs> this is a host. I'm thinking Angela, but again, I don't know. Maybe there's other hosts that I'm not aware of, but she was one of the main ones that was um, prominent. Uh, I don't think it's Clementine because I don't think Clementine was that murderous, but I don't know. But anyway, um, but yeah, and so that whole scene with the pedophile, you know, I was like, yeah, okay. I, I, I'm, okay, I'm not mad. I can't be mad at that scene. <laughs> so, um, Mama Bear came out. What can I say? Um, so yeah so i i find that fascinating too and so i'm um, again i know this is supposed to be straightforward and all that good stuff but i'm just wondering if she if whole charlotte is going to uh not go along because again we see dolores trying to control this charlotte and this charlotte is dependent on Dolores in a lot of ways and I'm thinking that she's gonna break away from that and form her own mind her own thoughts have her own autonomy all that stuff and so I'm just that's this is what fascinated me about this one it's just so I mean and of course I I, as when they're slower pace and I can keep up I'm always okay with that I'm not even gonna, I guess I will say, like, did he not question why, how Dolores, uh, recovered that quickly? Like, this is like the next day. She was shot in the stomach. Now she's fine. He doesn't think that she's AI or something like along those lines. Does he suspect that? I know he can't think that she's a real person. (laughs) She was just on her deathbed. Then she gets up, you know, kills the dudes and then gets in the car and drives off and then the next day she's fine like nothing ever happened so um i thought that he would question that a little bit more but he didn't really he just went along like that was normal and i know chris said uh but i know advanced technology and all that stuff but you still need time to recover if you're a human 
All right, this one I went over, so sorry. I've been trying to get better at staying within my limits, but uh, to be fair, this is an hour over an, an hour show or an hour show, so I'm using that as my excuse this time around. But I and I did have a, I was kind of going off a little bit and off on another topic, I should say, um, in the beginning. So. Um, that's all I have. There's so much to say, but it's not, I, I can't, you, you got this. You'll, you'll recount it and, and break it down. So until next time, much love, peace and black girl magic, queen of the couch, Shy. That was Shy with her thoughts on the episode. I feel like I haven't heard your voice in like two days. <laughs> I was like, Shy! And like a happy reaction (laughs) but you couldn't see it because of course i'm recording but um yeah i i think i liked the episode less than you did but you're learning new things whereas i this is a rewatch for me so that's kind of to be expected uh our talk offline yeah i was triggered for real for real but i get what you mean and i didn't separate that too all i heard was this and I started going down that track and I was like, oh, but she means to say it, it was more of an expectation of versus <laughs> a, um, and I guess to break it down even better is because uh, I wrote it down in my notes. Sometimes when I write something down, it sounds way better than if I try to just think about it because <laughs> I have time to formulate a thought, but basically the separation would be there there was a group of people that basically found Maeve's characterization and her character growth centered around her nurturing relationship with her daughter as somehow less than just being a straight up badass whereas your expectation was you know why doesn't she have a little bit more to do considering this is also her fight And I think part of my explanation was the fact that it is an arc that one has to go through. Now, will I say there were disappointments along this way? Sure. Do I think they could have spent a lot more time on said arc? Definitely. (laughs) There's no no debate with me that she took a backseat this season. And so that expectation, I I totally get that. Um, You know, you're wanting her to have more agency regarding her goals versus thinking her goals are a waste of potential and that she should just shut up and do whatever Dolores says because Dolores is right and (laughs) I don't know where this whole Dolores is right thing came along which is very out of left field not saying that Dolores don't have points to be made yes and considering what we now found out this episode that this whole entire world is kind of messed up and fucked up in the same way that her life was being controlled gives even more of a an idea of sure like yeah this system could be taken down maybe some people feel it they will take it down the thing of it is when you're causing when you're putting a lot of things in place for other people to react to Ah, I mean, it's a very thin line to me before you're with her revolution versus doing the exact same things that Sirak is doing. Using uh, a massive knowledge of someone (laughs) far in advance of what you should know about certain people to get ahead in any fashion. Even if your goals at the end are to revolutionize, yeah. I'm always weird about revolutions. And you know this, because if you go in our history and look at revolutions, they're kind of two pages, right? It's like, yeah, the terrible government in France and they're overspending and the poor are suffering. And yes, there is an overhaul that needs to be made. Then for fucking way longer than anyone expected, we just, we went too far. Like there was no cutoff period. There was no backup. What's the next? Let's not talk about this. Let's. (laughs) revolutions are bloody and the people that are dying are not all the bad people (laughs) 99% of them are mostly the innocents and that's where the other side of that whole revolution stage where I always just wary of people like that like "Eh, if you're using the same tactics um but 
I also know that I'm not a naive person of the world. Sometimes to to be your enemy, you must then become your enemy. And I think that's what Dolores feels right now. I must become my enemy if I'm to beat my enemy, except I have to be more better than my enemy because I'm, or I am better than my enemy because I am not human. I no longer allow my humanistic traits to hold me back. But it question puts into question what's going on with her and Caleb. Is she doing it for pure, um, pure thought out reasons? Or is this kind of, hey, I met a person, he saved me. She didn't seem to know his name, even though it feels orchestrated. And we're going to talk about this many times during the season because it's probably a pet peeve I'm <laughs> trying to work out. But a lot is going on with Dolores I'm trying to work out. But you brought up some really good points. Um, the best one being how, you know, she's acting in a way that I believe you stated was kind of William-like. And it's, it goes back to that age old of how you treat your children. I mean, how many of us, how many abusers become abused? How many sex offenders then become sex offenders? How many of your terrible, that's extreme, but how many of the terrible flaws, abuse, alcoholism, drug addict, all of these things, right, that are all part of the DNA, that the nurturing phase of your life. And despite how much you may hate everything that you went through at that point in life, you growing up and becoming or doing or acting in some manner, we all do, to whatever extent, uh, of that thing that you thought you would be better than your parents. A lot of us, you know, that are very cognizant of it, do tend to because we're thinking about it. But the ones that aren't really thinking about it, they're the ones that have the tendency to, to morph exactly into the thing that they hate the most. And that's exactly what Dolores has come to. She's become very Ford and Arnold and William, the three men in her life who have taught her a lot of lessons. And unfortunately, those lessons don't leave a lot to be desired afterwards. But there was a moment in which, you know, it seemed as if she was thoroughly concerned about Caleb. Like, oh, he didn't get out of town like I wanted. He's in danger. I'm going to go help save him. And then it felt like, okay, well, I'm going to recruit him. Versus this was all set up from the beginning. Um, good catch. Uh, that she did morph into those people that she hated. Um, Angela is a solid guess. I will neither confirm nor deny. Uh, you did mention Clementine. I will bring up that she was already lobotomized. We'll bring that up later as well. <laughs> sure, that's not the first time we're going to be talking about the fact that Clementine was lobotomized. Um, is Charlotte going to go rogue? Mildly interesting. Uh, back to the whole Caleb thing that you mentioned. It does feel like she knows how to play Caleb's emotions. Thus, is it really his free will to join her? Or did he put, or did she put together the perfect package to get him to join her? And if she did so, which we know she did, what is, what, what is that relationship contrived? I don't know. Some people may think if you're thinking nowadays, hey, if I go on your Facebook page <laughs> or I go on your profile and I see that you put out there, you like cheese and goat milk and I like, let's go to a dairy farm. <laughs> Uh, I solicited information, but I, I built the, you know, what I would discuss or what we would do based on the information I learned. So is it really wrong? I don't know. Except for the fact that she's a robot. <laughs> and we haven't seen anything from her to this point that says, I really want humanity to be in this equation with the host. No, she's talked about nothing even in this episode. Except the host. We must survive at all costs. No matter what, we are going to do what needs to be done to make that happen. Yes, Caleb does not ask. No, I'm not going to debate with you on that whole thing. I made fun of it because that's common sense. Like, wait a minute. <laughs> Even if you had the technology to heal yourself, whatever the case may be, 
You weren't healed by the time you got the fuck up out of that ambulance and then dragged the man. You weigh 110, he weighs 250, and you just like, oh, this ain't no problem. I'm going to haul him up like a sack of potatoes and put him in front of a scanner and then drop him down, all while being wounded. Now, how the fuck are you doing that? <laughs> um, now, to the extent of how much they know hosts can be in the real world, that's a good question. I don't think the show ever answered it, <laughs> to be fair. Um, if they would, if a normal person, we knew that very expensive people, or very expensive people, people who have large expenses can afford this part, but it doesn't mean they would, other people wouldn't be aware of Westworld. So they had to be aware of the fact that our hosts, I just never expected to run into one, but considering everything else is artificial, why would you not? <laughs> so yeah, um, while I don't bother, uh, while I don't drag him for it not being his first question, are you a host? I do drag him for not asking any additional questions. How about your first and last name? So I can Google the bitch. <laughs> concluded here because i have three more podcasts i'm going to try to get out tonight so if you want to join our next conversation blackarchage at gmail.com you can send in a written or audio format or you can comment below my social media will be there as well remember to like share subscribe until next time peace hair grease black or magic <laughs>